0: Good morning everyone, and welcome to a Sunday special edition of a vision for you. today is Sunday September thirtieth, two thousand and eighteen. The share ID numbers for friday september twenty eighth are the following. For the seven am Eastern big book study eleven thousand nine hundred and seventy four that's one one nine seven four. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 11,976. That's 11976. Today, A Vision for You presents Worshiping All Other Things. In step one, we conceded powerlessness, the realization that we are doomed. We cannot solve the problem of our compulsive overeating by ourselves, we are not effective on our own power. Our personal history of serial suffering has demonstrated that fact, not just with respect to compulsive overeating, but also with regard to unmanageability, to our living a quality life. We've realized that anything that comes from our own resources, our will, our efforts, self-knowledge, philosophy, morality, goals, or good intentions won't solve our problem. Our human resources or other humans alone simply aren't sufficient. Thus begins our desperate and deliberate search for an effective relationship with power. Since this power, this fundamental idea of God, is deep down inside of us, what is preventing us from an effective relationship with it? What prevents us from improving our conscious contact with God? Our book says it may be obscured by calamity, adversity, by pomp, vanity, or by worship of other things such as people, relationships, various schemes, money, methods, and numerous more. These impediments ensure continued deterioration and darkness blocking us from the sunlight of the spirit. Joining us today to speak on the topic of worshiping all other things is Katie G, a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Katie is dedicated to our 12-step way of life and is an eager and loyal messenger about the program of recovery. Good morning and welcome, Katie G.
1: Thank you, Leah. Good morning. And thank you to everyone. this program of action, the 12 steps, and all of you in the Vision for You meeting, have given me a life, and um, I can't even I can't even begin to uh, express my gratitude. There were two things I wanted to start today with. One of them is a little bit of a joke, so hopefully it'll help help get into the groove. So um, to prove how I'm self-centered, even in my dreams, last night I dreamt that and this is for those who don't know this is an image from the big book I was in a shipwreck and my father and brother and husband and a lot of other people were there but I had to speak on the vision for you meeting (laughs) so I, I I was talking I was talking I was doing my thing we were being rescued taking different trains blah 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 and then all of a sudden I noticed I can't find my family and um And I finally find my dad and he's like, Katie, you've got to get off the phone because they they can only have a certain number of people um, on the phone. And I was like, oh, excuse me, Leah. It was a question and answer period, so don't worry. And I was like, oh, excuse me, Leah, can I get off the phone? So even in my dreams, I'm all I think about. And then um, I just want to pause. And invite God in to speak through me. Um, my primary purpose today is to stay abstinent and help another and um and I hope what they say is useful. Recently I've been really enthusiastic about a message that my sponsor brought to me that, you know, I'm not I'm not a teacher. We have a lot of really smart big book teachers and, and I'm not that but I am here to share my experience. Um when I was asked to to talk I thought I, I wanted to think about you know what where has my recovery been um because I, I do identify as a recovered compulsive overeater anorexic and bulimic and where has my recovery been since I've identified as that and um where have I fallen short right because that's what I'm here to share is is you know the mistakes I've made and then and then how God has like woken me up um, So in Agnostics, the chapter We Agnostics, it talks about we found that we had been worshipers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on, had we not variously worshiped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves. So I understand the big book at that point is trying to help us understand that we've been worshipers and had faith um, in order to help us get to a relationship with God and at least believing that there is a God. But... I wanted to talk about that today because they were all—they all have been—and still sometimes can be stumbling blocks to my relationship with God. And if you're new today, um, you know the reason I'm talking about God. I didn't come into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous because I wanted to, because I was on a winning streak, or because I thought it was a great idea. I came because I had to, um, and I wanted my st- my weight to stop looking like an EKG, right? And I stayed and have continued to stay by the grace of God in these 12 steps. And, um, and, I, and because of that, because of the 12 steps, I've developed a relationship with God that, that helps me to not engage in my food addiction a day at a time in a way that for me is indeed miraculous. Some lessons that I didn't wanna to forget today, one that I love, this new idea, I don't process reality, right? I have an allergy in my body Okay, so I have an allergy that we know about. I put certain foods, and for me, substances, ingredients, and behaviors that sets up an abnormal craving for more. Um, I also, you know, ever since I was a little girl, it was uncomfortable being in my own skin. I had adrenaline going through my legs. I, um, like, a lot of abnormal stuff happened in my life, but that's not why I turned to food. I turned to food because I needed some, for me, a solution to deal with all the feelings I was having. And unfortunately, the solution had really bad consequences. Another lesson I've learned recently is that the big book is not the answer. Now, don't shoot me, just hear me out, okay? So our big book gives me directions. And what I've learned is the big book gives me directions to experience an answer that is inside of me Right. Like, so the experience is my answer and the directions are sacred and beautiful, but I can't workshop the methodology, which I have, which is what I want to talk a lot about. Another really important idea for me recently is I have an internal problem. Right. Like, so I have this external allergy or excuse me, this internal allergy Um, around food, that when I put that food in my mouth um, or the behaviors, it sets up an uncontrollable craving for more. But if that was my only problem, you know, I, I could just stop. But really the greater aspect of my problem is this little girl that I was that felt like I needed somebody to jump inside me, fill me up and make me feel okay. Right, so I have an internal problem and an internal solution. And one of the old ideas that I used to say all the time is, "My disease is in the parking lot doing pushups." I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, through the process of spiritual, continued spiritual awakening, I know that the disease is inside of me, and that my solution in is inside of me, which is really good news because if the problem is not, you know, money sentiment people um then then there is a solution right like things can change because with god's grace i can change the final the final kind of message i didn't want to forget today is rebuilding of the ego so this is like blown my mind recently that this happens to me every day and i know it's happening when i start to worship different things and and what do we mean by worship well, um, one of my one of my great AA speakers says, if you write down everything you're thinking about during the day, that's what you're worshiping. Um, and I have the reason it's a um, rebuilding of the ego is because I have an exaggerated sense of self-importance. Because instead of being in the moment, asking God for help, saying, how can I be of service? Now, this is in a state of entire abstinence, doing the steps, like asking God for help. I'm in my head thinking about whatever it is that I think is gonna fix me, right? If I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. And that was the lie that got stuffed, that that, that was my quote unquote reason that I, I ate my whole life to, to, re, to help me feel like, okay, well, I don't have this stuff. I don't have what you have. I'm comparing my insides to your outsides. I have no coping mechanisms. So this food is gonna have to fix it, right? And, um, and I I can do a lot of food a log but I really am going to choose not to today because I, I have to believe that us all showing up at 830 Eastern Time on a Sunday morning, we all know the devastation of being in the food. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk too much about that. as. as, as except to say the consequences of my eating have gotten me up to 228 pounds, down to 110 pounds. Um, osteopenia, um, uh, hypothalamic amenorrhea, these are, are conditions, chronic conditions that my body has suffered from. I've had a root canal, um, my, uh, my teeth are, are, are great, in great shape for a lot of dentist work. Um, you know, that's, that's been my experience and the food never worked, the food never worked. Um, so <clears throat> I also wanted to talk about, I love this quote in We Agnostics, it talks about men's minds were fettered by superstitions, traditions, and all sorts of fixed ideas. So the way that I've, I've been trying to grow spiritually is ask myself, so what are my fixed ideas today as a recovered woman? Like, what do I believe about people in my life? about sentiments, which are emotions, about things and myself that are blocking me from God. Like, okay, God, you've got my food problem, but what about the rest of my life? You know, okay, God, you've got my food problem, but what about this medical condition? Okay, God, you've got my food problem, but, and if I'm saying, but I'm looking for a fight, same fight I was looking for the first year program when I had 14 sponsors and told them what to do, right? So <clears throat> um, that's, That's been really helpful for me to ask myself. And I also um, looked up the definition of worship so we could all be on the same page, extravagant respect or admiration for or devotion to an object of esteem, to practice, honor, praise, raise up. So if I'm in fear and I'm rehearsing and rehashing that fear over and over again, I am worshiping. That is my God. Fear is my God and it will control me. And what's the problem with that? right? What's our basic problem? If I continue to live, if I'm a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, right? I continue to live on fear. Or let's say it's manifested in anger. I continue to eat off anger. Ultimately, what my first big book guide taught me is that eating will be a step up from how I feel. Because I have no, as a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, I have no other solution. No other solution if I'm not accessing God. Another quote I just want to reference is, and I love this, I always say I get stuck at B. And I'm referring to what we call the ABCs on page 60 of the big book. A, that I, where I'm fully conceding before I'm getting into my inventory, I'm on step three. I'm fully conceding to my innermost self. A, I'm a compulsive overeater. I cannot manage my own life. Now, that does not mean I ever get to manage my life. Right, like two factors here. I'm powerless. I have no power, choice, or control around the food, and my life is unmanageable. Those things are not connected, right? Because my life is unmanageable whether I'm abstinent or not. I don't get to manage. I've tried it. I was fired for, from four different jobs managing formally, and um, and I should have been fired from my own life, which I did. So anyway, no human power. That's where I get stuck. No human power. Looking for human powers to fix me so let's get into it so the the big book quote that i referred to talking about worshiping people oh my gosh have i worshiped people um thinking like i'm this little girl right thinking will you just move inside me and make me feel better okay and when you wouldn't my food my my body um, anorexia and bulimia please fix me but more interestingly how have i worshiped people in recovery right Forgetting that we all have clay feet and and I love that image because for me it means like i <laughs> as one of my um, oh this lovely woman who has. Um, 40 years of abstinence in Boston she says we all get up with bad breath in the morning we're all human we're all human and we're all addicts right so. I definitely worshiped people um, because if if you had a strong message, I'm like, well, give it to me, make me feel better, make me okay, make me feel like I'm going to be okay. And I did that. I held hostages in program before I did the steps, you know, like, please just, you know, tell me what to do, how to live my life. Um, You know, let me join your religion so that I can get what I want, right? That was ultimately the point. And um, even more recently, um, for me, I work a discipline program because I'm a naturally undisciplined person. And I do appreciate talking to a sponsor seven days a week, 15 minutes a day, food is committed. That's just what supports me. Um, but before I had a sponsor remind me in the last couple months, I am months, I am to get you to the problem solver. I am not your problem solver. I was having difficulties with character defects. And I got into so much fear that I held a a sponsor hostage talking to them two to three hours a day, hashing and rehashing. I did this. I moved this way. I moved that way. I breathed. I tried desperately to change my character defects. And what did I say before? Like, I can't change myself. So the more, and and selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my problem. So the more I focus on me, the sicker I got. And it got very dark for me, um, very dark, and that was great because it caused me to break open and see what is it in me that still wants you to get inside of me and talk for me and live for me and breathe for me. What is that fear? Where is God? Where is God in that? Um, And so it brought me to a deeper level of the work, which is wonderful. And then the Vision for You meeting. Now, I want to preface this by saying, The Vision for You meeting is a place that has given me a home, okay, like I, you guys are my family, you have taught me to pray, you have taught me to live, you have taught me to, um, as a whole, as a collective whole, you have taught me to grow up, okay, and have a deeper experience with the steps. But for me, like, I will turn anything anything into bad, right? I will misuse anything. So when Vision for You started, and, and God bless those of you who accepted me and loved me when it first started, I wanted to be the best. I heard Vision for You, and I was obsessed. I was obsessed with the people on the meeting. I was obsessed with service. I wasn't working a program of recovery. I was doing the best I could. I thought I was. But I didn't realize that going to the meeting didn't get me recovered or keep me recovered. It was all about me. It was like, how fast can I say my name? How much can I share? How many newcomers can I call? How many other people can I call? There was like this hit of adrenaline and getting a high every time I shared. And you're like, Katie, G. You're at a twelve step program and you're getting your ego off a twelve step program. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am, I fell short, I did, and you all heard it, and you know what? You loved me anyway. And if you didn't, you didn't tell it to my face. Thank you, God. Um, you know, and thank you God, I was able to make amends and realize I can misuse anything. Um, forget that we all have, have clay feet. We're all in these rooms for a reason. And I, for me, I came to 12-step to get better because food as my solution killed me, right? It just didn't work. It didn't work. And I'm, I was desperate, dying, and doomed when I came to the rooms of OA because of the damage that I'd done to my body. And I didn't know where else to go. Didn't show up with a, lose, a winning streak, right? And yet, I will use human powers to make me feel better. And then another way that I used that made me really sick was separating myself from Overeaters Anonymous. And what I forgot is that the Vision for You meeting is a beautiful Overeaters Anonymous meeting. And my self-righteousness made me very sick. We talked about it recently on page 125. He He may either plunge into a frantic attempt to get his feet in business, which I did, or he may be so enthralled by his new life he thinks and talks little of little anything else. And I was like, yep, I am going to save all of Overeaters Anonymous. And what's the problem with that? Well, KDG, nobody gave you a cape. You don't know what's best for other people. And I tore apart. There are so many factions of OA. And that makes me so sad because I'm—I tore them apart and thought, well, you know, they're not doing it the big book way, they're not doing it my way, they're wrong, they're bad, and that's how—that's how I acted. Um, and I didn't realize that doing what what that doing the steps allowed me to see is like Overeaters Anonymous is my home, right? I'm quick to see where OA is right. I make use of what it offers. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Roseanne was a giant, right? She is our founder in the sacred community of the Vision for You meeting. We are an Overeaters Anonymous meeting, and I don't know what's best for people. And, And, you know, God wants me to carry that message, and I had to do a lot of work on me about that um because love and tolerance is my code right meet meet you where you are as opposed to where i think you should be all right that was people scared to talk to me yeah me too all right (laughs) all right then we worship sentiments so what are sentiments well primarily feelings right so i wrote um i feel therefore i am so i am a dramatic person you can hear it right so i would have a feeling when i'm not taking my quiet time i would have a feeling and believe i am that feeling and one of my heroes in the room says it's like your fear or your emotion is a limo driver and he pulls up to the curb and he says hi my name is fear and i'm driving you around today right right because i can get into these feelings and be driven by them so what am i talking about so i get up in the morning and i'm i'm afraid that i'm going to be abandoned and so each person that comes into contact with me you're abandoning me now you might just be having a stomach ache and making a weird face but because i'm operating not from god from fear i'm like you know what that weird face is all about me it's self centered fear right or if i'm afraid of money like i um I got really afraid around money and so i started accepting work that wasn't suitable for me i wasn't pausing i wasn't taking quiet time um i and what i was doing is creating confusion rather than harmony which it talks about i wasn't asking god what's the right ideal god around around money for me i was feeling fear and stuffing it down and then letting fear drive me around or anger, you know, just feeling snippy all day. And for me, fear is underneath that anger, but I'm snippy all day. And therefore, I have no power, choice, or control to just let that snippiness come out of my mouth. And I'm snipping at my husband, and I'm treating people poorly. My mom used to say to me, Katie, you can't talk to other people that way. And that side, without, that side of me without God, without a God connectivity, can show up again. All right. So, um what so I, I I'll talk more about what I do today, but one of the things one of my practices now is really detaching and taking that quiet time and saying, Okay, I have this feeling. So what would it be like if I invited God in right now? Like the feeling is not a fact, it's just there. Okay, so, I, so it's not having some external damage on the rest of the world, or it's not, having, it's not taking lodging itself inside of me so that by the end of the day, I'm so blocked off from God that all I can do is stuff Kit Kat bars and diet soda and, and, and laxatives into my body because that is the only relief I have, all right? So it's intimately connected to my step one. And then how did I worship things? Okay, so what are things? Clothes, cars, houses, money, boyfriends, money, children, the big book. So in this program as a recovered woman, um, I came in not um, a little bit different from a lot of you. Um, I came in, thank you God, a little bit younger. And what happened for me, I didn't mean none of you were younger. What I meant is, my disease took everything so um i came in as a single woman i didn't have a career i didn't have um, a spouse i didn't um you know i was very much on my own and because of the grace of god in these 12 steps um i you know was dating people i met the man that i eventually married and i would worship things so what are my things um if if he like my body so this i'm in a relationship with this man and he needs to adore my body if it's not perfect he's going to leave and so in a state of recovered abstinence i worshipped exercise right which is not recovered what i did was i started leaving work i was so afraid this man would leave me i used i acted on that fear i would leave work while on the clock and i would exercise while on the clock Um, And come back after one to two hours and not telling anybody because I just believed that, okay, God, you have my food, but I need to make this happen. I need this to happen. Um, And that anyone who knows me knows that that all but cut me to ribbons. It really did. I'll never forget the day that I called somebody. I don't even know that I talked to her anymore. And I just said, I have to tell you what is going on. Um. And I just started working with another recovered sponsor. I said, I'm leaving work. I have to get honest right now. Um, My husband, um, well, things. So let me keep folks on that. Like, so I wanted that wedding, right? Why? Because again, little girl Katie, I believe if I have the ring, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. So if he just proposed marriage, I would feel better. And anyone who knew me during this time, I was doing 10 steps on he he he, why isn't he why isn't he proposing marriage? where's the ring what and um you know i i was worshiping this idea again i have an internal problem and an internal solution and i became consumed with an external solution because i believed if i had that thing it would change who i am and i would be okay and let me tell you i did a lot of work he proposed marriage we got married, and the day after my wedding, I was still KVG. He didn't fix me. He didn't, he didn't make this all go away, right? So I was deepening my connection with God. So all this time, I'm not eating, but I'm getting blocked. I'm getting messy. I'm blo- I'm getting blocked from God, and that's why You know, sometimes people call me and they're like, oh, I just got to get recovered. I got to get recovered. And I just want to say like bloom where you're planted, man, like there's a lot to do. There's a lot of work to be done. All right. So the exercise didn't work. The ring didn't work. And then um, the big book. Okay. So um, again, I want to say this cautiously. We have to follow directions in the book. There are some no, you know, there are some like deal breakers, right? We got to be enti- We got to put down our food entirely to get to God. That's my humble opinion, only based on my experience. If your sponsor says differently, go with your sponsor. But I can't be using and writing a searching and fearless moral inventory. And if I'm not willing to do any part of this program, um, it's because I'm not fully conceded to my innermost self that I have no power, no choice, and no control when it comes to the food has to be followed i also really believe that in the 12 steps i mean i just really do they're the only things that have ever worked in terms of getting to know who i am intimacy literally means into me i see and that's what step four through nine are about it's going inside and learning what my will and my life are like i didn't know i spent my whole life eating or trying to hold you hostage right so i'm not condemning the book but what happened to me is i became superstitious right like if i don't follow the directions out of the books the exact script god's not going to give me my stuff and the point of the book is not to get a god who's going to give me my stuff right it's to surrender and accept life on god's terms not on life's terms on god's terms right but i also believe in a god that does not make too harsh terms with those who honestly seek him right so i didn't know that like if i took only 55 minutes after step five that god was probably still going to show up for me if i didn't take my book down off the shelf like i literally on uh step five my first go-round i had to put my book on the shelf and take it down and then, in, um, and then I was taught you only you. Um, there's a line in the fourth that we put it down in black and white. So I had two choices: I could write with black paper and white ink, or white ink and black paper, or uh, whatever the opposite of that is. <laughs> and um, so again, I do believe in entire abstinence. Don't go calling your sponsor and saying G from Boston said not to follow directions. We do, but what am I worshiping? And what I learned is I abused the methodology as opposed to using it to access God. And it led to my final thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of worship, which is myself. So this morning, I was listening to a speaker on step 10 and 11. And what he reminded me is step 10 and 11 are not a cognitive process. So we've done steps one through nine, right? And then we live in step 10, 11, and 12. Um, for me, I go, I've learned now I need to go through the work every year, simply because as you've as you've heard it, my ego rebuilds, right? So, but step ten and eleven are not cognitive processes, right? Um, so when we um, there's a quote in the book that says when we saw our others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. My ideas did not work, but the God idea did and what's tricky about this so we're all in these rooms for a reason and I actually fundamentally believe that all of us are very smart people I mean it's pretty resourceful to use food that's like a totally legal drug and anorexia and bulimia and whatever your drug of no choice is like pretty interesting to use that to like as your solution to make you feel better right which it never did but um But step 10 and 11 are not meant to be done with my cognitive mind. And um, a teacher recently said to me, Katie, we need to stop writing and save the trees. This is not about writing. This is about getting to God to help me see the situation differently. So what happened to me? So I'm starting to live in 10, 11 and 12. And every time I had a feeling I had to do a step 10. Now, if we go to step 10, first part of step 10, it says, we ask God at once to remove it. So what did I do? I picked up the phone. I called 10 to 12 people uh, and I started doing the work, right? Where am I? I'm resentful at. Where am I selfish, dishonest, self-centered and afraid? And I did the work and then I was like, nope, I got to do it again. And then my buddy, another buddy would call me. Nope, I got I to gotta do it again. And those of you who know step 10 so well know that a couple problems here, right? I'm worshiping myself. I'm worshiping myself. And the whole point of these 12 steps is to get me out of focusing on myself and to start focusing on others. So we ask God at once to remove it. We discuss it with someone immediately. We make amends quickly. And then we throw ourselves harder into helping others. I I could spend entire afternoons talking about the same 10th step or talking about the same 10th step and then helping somebody else with their 10th step and i think that that's all really good in terms of what i mean by that is yes ask god to remove it if it's still stuck discuss it with someone immediately do what i have learned to be called a turnaround make amends quickly but don't miss out on throwing yourself harder into helping others There's no chapter in the big book called Into Thinking It. There's no chapter in the big book called Into Figuring It Out. And I became so driven by the fear that I'm not going to stay recovered and I'm not going to get what I need and God's not going to be there that I used and reused all of you to get me to feel better about Step 10. And what I'm learning is that Step 10 is not about feeling better whatever disturbance is going on and a lot of times that means sitting in my uncomfortable feelings this is not get comfortable anonymous this is overeaters anonymous and a lot of it means sitting in my uncomfortable feelings and then calling you and asking how you are that's my primary purpose nowhere in the book does it say KDG. you're going to figure this out this is going to be a cognitive process for you and you're going to master it and the only thing that woke me up to this was realizing you know because i joined all the different facets of step 10 and 11 um, communities that there are i had a, i got that new sponsor that i ta- i talked to you about and she saw my step 11 Oh my gosh, if you knew me during that time, you're laughing right now because what I did was I, t- <laughs> I would take all my step 10s that I hashed out for 12 hours and then put them on my step 11 and hash them out for 12 hours. And my sponsor was like, I am not listening to your step-tens. No, like figure out your step-tens and I will review your step 11 with you. And I called two of you that day, and I'm gonna be honest, I was paralyzed. I was like, how do I do this? I don't even know what I should be doing in step 10. And um, it was a rebuilding of my ego, right? Like I'm thinking, Oh, well, I do 45 step 10s every day because I take this program really seriously and I'm doing like holding on. And when I hold on that tightly and worship the methodology in the black and white big book, I'm not finding God because I'm God, right? I'm God. And I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to make this happen. And um, so I remember calling one, calling a couple of you and being like, well, how do I know if it's a resentment? And, like, it was very humbling because I'm like, I'm Katie G from Boston. I, I know what resentments are. And it, it was so exciting. I love how God breaks me open because it's led to this process of asking myself, like, so, for example, let's say I get irritable about something. Doesn't necessarily mean that I'm resenting it. And that, and again, I want to say this cautiously you do what it is that you feel called to do. But sometimes I just snap. Sometimes I just snap, but it's not me snapping and rehashing and refeeling and redoing and like that replay in um in football so that by three o'clock in the afternoon I want to take a gun to my head because I'm so crazy sorry that was a really horrible image I, I I I look to food which to me the reason I use that horrible image and I apologize is because for me eating is a spiritual death and as in bulimia and anorexia it was a physical death um so I, you know, I really thought that I really had to learn, right? Like what is it when I do my step time? What what needs to happen? Um and then most importantly like how to go to God, right? Like how to pick up the phone when I'm not finding God. And um and that's been phenomenal, right? And then I do my step 11 written inventory. I gotta be honest it's not taking 20 minutes anymore to write it out um and i don't i don't say that to be like look at me i'm this recovered person and nothing happens because if you if you know me you know like i'm in life and life is messy life is in session it's happening like i get that but i also am seeing these snippets of where god is helping me thank you god not eat thank you god not starve thank you god not purge Thank you, God, not operate on my adrenaline today, right? Like be operating from God, not steamroll other people. Um, Recently, I did realize that I committed to work that wasn't consistent with me and God. And it was like, okay, all right, so I can take a different action. And, um, And you know what I'm really learning is that God does not make too harsh terms with me, right? Like he's given me this blessed book to access him he's given me a blessed sponsor to access him and i get blocked but i can be accessed i can access him and i'm not as much driven by my superstitions and so much of my practice now is separating from my feelings So recently I had a medical procedure and the day before the medical procedure, I find out that the doctor I wanted wasn't doing the procedure. It wasn't at the time I wanted. It was going to be in the middle of the day, it was an hour and away and I had all reasons to not trust God. And they were all superstitions, right? They were all my old ideas. I was falling short because I believed that the doctor was going to do it the the traffic was going to do it. And I looked back when I've had this medical procedure and it was this perfect day in my head. And how could it not? Oh my gosh, there's no God. And so what did I do? I paused. I prayed. I did review it with some people. And then I laughed because the thing is, we are really funny people. Because if you really think like at this point in my recovery if I really think that like superstition like this having this one doctor do the exact procedure that I need to go do is going to get me the outcome that I want and then the traffic and that is gonna like that's not how God works like God is so much bigger right um so yeah and I don't I don't um I don't worship that methodology and when I do God shows me so um a few weeks ago I was doing a step 10 And, um, and I was feeling blocked. And I called um, a second person and it got off topic in a way that was not supportive. And I was able to say that, right. So like, People are not my God anymore. Or when they are my God, God lovingly shows me. He's like, Katie, why are you making another call? Can you please talk to me? Like, Katie, I'm I'm right here. Like, I'm inside you. Like, come talk to me. We can figure this out. But you got to give me some attention, right? Like, Katie, tell people that God is the most rela- most important relationship in your life. Are you spending any time with me, Katie? Um, And, you know, I love the quote, we feel that elimination of our eating is but a beginning, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations and affairs. And there's been a shift for me, like, um, thank you, God, I I came into these rooms um, as a single woman without a family, without a career. I don't know how you mamas are doing it out there coming in, having that all there, because... I learned how to do this um from the bottom up, and um as a result, I've had the privilege of knowing like when I need to absolutely put my program first at all times and um and then when I need to demonstrate love tolerance acceptance with my with my family um and it's tough it's tough but these twelve steps teach me. So I don't know. I don't know if this has been helpful to you. I mean, I'm learning. I don't worship the process, right? The process gets me to God. Um, Knowledge doesn't keep me clean. Self-knowledge avails me nothing. Um, The process gets me to God. Um, And I have but two alternatives, right? Like if if I've passed into a region from which there is no return through human aid, which is true for me, like I came in these rooms crawling on my knees, to join a program called Overeaters Anonymous was a very humbling thing for me. I mean, first of all, like, let's consider my ego and the name, Overeaters Anonymous. No, thank you. Can I please join a sexy program, <laughs> right? Like, what I'm doing with the food is so gosh darn sexy. It's not. It's not, right? But um, I came in crying because I didn't know how to live my life, and I was not on a winning streak. I didn't have a life, and I didn't know how to be in the world. And because of all of you, and not hostages, but because of all of you and God's highest good, I have been offered a chance to live today in which God kindly and lovingly continues to show me where I fall short and where I try and make people and emotions and the big book and meetings my God and to get inside me and
0: fix me and make me whole and what he continues to lovingly and gently and peacefully guide me back am. right but
1: I'm only able to do this in a state of entire abstinence with the 12 steps I do again need to work for me a very structured black and white program because with that comes such freedom with that comes the opportunity to explore god what's your message for me today to set aside my fixed ideas about today about our vision for you meeting, about am I supposed to share? Am I supposed to be quiet? Am I supposed to call this person? Am I supposed to listen? Am I supposed to answer? Am I supposed to sponsor this person? So my practice now has turned into a path of consideration. You know, when I do a 10 step and I ask God to remove it and I do call someone, I ask for spiritual consideration. And then I take that consideration to God. God, is this, is this our path? And I don't have to burn up energy foolishly trying to make arrange life to suit myself. And what are the rewards beyond my wildest dreams? Like that little girl who used food and anorexia and bulimia as my solution, I don't do it anymore. And that little girl who was so um, adrenalized with like anxious feelings all the time, Well, when it does get activated, I know what to do, right? One hand over my heart, the other hand over my belly, so I can breathe. And when I hear the judgmental voices, I know it's not about you guys. I know it's about me. I know the problem is me, and I need to look at where am I selfish, self-centered, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid, and that will bring me to the feelings that allow me to be kind, accepting, and loving. And when that's not there, I just... I just leave the room, you know, like a lot of times or sometimes when the hubs comes home from work, it is better for me to just leave the room and take some time with God and say, okay, God, who do you want me to be? How do you want me to live? And so this program of recovery and all of you and your experience has allowed me to, to like function at baseline. I hate the word normal in my, in my career We use was typically developing like other people can just do the right thing hubs does the right thing all the time i need 12 steps over and over again to function at the right thing to know what the right thing is to do to know how not to lie cheat steal and manipulate and to trust that this god who i did not come in looking for i just acted as if for a very long time there's a god for me with me that's wanting me to access them at any day, time day or night And have my back. So I have ceased fighting. I don't have to fight to get my peace. God's got me. God's got this. So I hope that something I have said has been helpful to any of you. Um, I'm doing it with you, and I really mean this. I'm so shoulder to shoulder with you guys. I'm snot-nosed, messy crying. I'm suiting up, showing up, messing up, and doing again. But thank you, God, I'm doing it in a state of entire abstinence with these 12 steps. And thank you for being my teachers. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G., for this inspiring presentation of yours this morning. Thank you for sharing your experience and personal insights with all of us here. Thank you very much. Today's share ID, 11979. That's 11979 for this presentation. Katie G's contact information will be offered at the conclusion of this recording, so stay tuned for that. We will now transition to a question and answer segment. You can ask a question of Katie by pressing star 1 to unmute. Please give me your first name, first letter of your last name as well. Sarah S. Sarah S. Shannon S. Shannon S. Jan S. T. Jan S. T. Mindy R. Mindy R. Okay, great. Let's start with this group. Everybody mute except for Katie G. And Sarah S. Thank you. Oh,
1: hi. Uh, I'm Sarah S., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for your share and experience. Sure. Yeah. Um what did you mean by when people, when you call people and they don't support you? Can you like just explain that? I'd love to hear uh, your experience when you call other people and you're not getting, feeling that you're getting what you need uh, hmm. from their, you know, from them. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I want to proceed cautiously because I didn't mean to take another person's inventory. Um I'm finding that the path for me to God is a path of spiritual consideration. And consideration literally means to go to God, for me, to go to God and consider is what's saying resonating with me. Um, And I have to go to God with it and I have to be fiercely honest because I have a tendency to um, blame other people if they're not like... um, doing what it is I think they should do and so when people make a suggestion all I mean is that people are not God right so like we're all sharing our experience and if someone shares an experience with me based on a 10 step that I've shared with them I can bring that to God and say okay God because if I'm recovered and if I have of course, being recovered, I have entire abstinence, and I'm recovered, then the book tells me that I do have access to God to help me have discernment into just saying, okay, is that true or not? My experience is is that if I get a message more than once, if I like it or not, it's true. (sighs) So I really, um, I really try and just, as opposed to like, if somebody does something to me in the path of spiritual consideration, because that's what I'm asking for. I'm not asking someone to tell me what to do. I'm asking, what's your experience with this? What's your consideration? As an entirely abstinent, recovered woman, I can say, to say, go to God and then say, okay, God, what do you think? What's going on? Um, I, I hope that answers your question. Yes, yeah, thank you. I understand. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks, Sarah S. Shannon S. Thank you. This is Shannon S. in New York. Thank you, Katie G., so much for sharing. I related so much. Um, I have two questions. Is As your um, program and recovery has progressed, um, has your abstinence changed? And if so, how? And also, um, how has your sponsoring changed and how do you sponsor today? Thank you so much.
1: Wahoo. Those are rock star questions. Um, yeah, so the boundaries of what I can and could not eat have gotten tighter and tighter. Um, I came in um, eating a pretty tight meal plan, um, but like, for example, and this is just for me, um, I can't, I, I have trouble with quantities of any food, and so in the beginning, I could go to restaurants and eyeball, And through the process of my own experience, this has nothing to do with you, this is just an example, my own experience, not speaking for OA, just for KDG, I need to take a scale into a restaurant because although like I was away with the man who's now my husband and we were eating out at a restaurant and I was getting back to our bedroom and I was um, blissed out. I was totally checked out. And the dietician said, it's okay. You're allowed to have more vegetables because from a caloric standpoint, it doesn't make a difference. Right. But she's not, um, she's not like me. And so when I was eating too many vegetables, it actually was causing a phenomenon, a craving and blocking me off from God. Um, I have had, I, so I have put down like there are fruits I don't eat anymore. There are vegetables I don't eat anymore. And I don't, say that to show off Um, I say that because the book teaches me we cannot safely use it in any form at all Um, in terms of food and food and then exercise have gotten just um, more structured for me and not in a way that feels punishing but like I came in and I didn't need boundaries around my exercise and you all heard where that brought me um, so now I have days, like if I'm in a state where I'm exercising regularly, I have days I don't go to the gym because going to the gym is activating a phenomenon, a craving if I'm not weighing and measuring it. There are certain medications I don't take, things like that. Just for me, because, because over any period of, of life, my disease gets worse, never better. And so it's been important to stay on the firing lines. In fact, I, um, six months ago, did a list of what are my foods, ingredients and behaviors that I try and control. It was very eye opening in many ways it affirmed why I eat the way I do. And in many ways, there were things that I was like, oh, mm -hmm, I'm going to put that down now. So I love it. Great question. And then in terms of sponsorship, oh baby, oh baby, oh baby, this is a constant for me to look at and reevaluate. I mean, I used to be, I was brought up in a very, um, do this, this is how you do it, this is your meal plan, this is what you do. And I've sponsored that way for a very long time. And I can't do this program for people anymore. And I'm exhausted by that. I can't be your mom. I can't be your teacher, I can't, like, I'm just here to be a witness to God for you doing what it is that I know works. And so, you know, when women call me to sponsor, I don't even say yes right away. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry if that's wrong, but um, we talk, we talk. And then I ask them to go into a period of, of quiet with some questions. I mean, I'll help them get started. But sponsorship is a very, um, you know, unique relationship and, and I can't do the program for them, right? Like I need them to know this is how I work my program and I can't transmit something I haven't got. So if you want to work with me, this is what you need to do. If you don't go in peace, that's okay. Um, so that's, that's changed. And what I've learned too is like, there are different ways of sponsoring. Um, I am somebody who sponsors 15 minutes a day, seven days a week. I know there are people who can do it once a week. That would be spiritual death for me. I don't do well with like long phone calls and whatnot. I do well with some daily accountability Um, and, you know, whatever works for you and your sponsor, you do. I think the process for me has been about what's going to keep me What's going to keep this junkie off the street? And by junkie, I mean like with the food and then with my behaviors because, you know, give me an inch and I'll take every last centimeter and hang myself if I'm not careful. So, yeah, it's always evolving. Thank God, right? We can always learn.
0: Thank you, Shannon S., for the question. Jan S.T., your turn.
2: Hello, this is Jan S.T. from the Boston area. Leah, thanks for
0: your service, and
2: thank you, Katie. I enjoyed your dynamism, and for me, you delivered the message
1: of higher power beautifully, so thank you for that. I loved what you said about the disease, not um, doing calisthenics in the parking lot, but within yourself, and if you would expound on that a bit, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's really revolutionized me because I did hear the diseases in the parking lot doing pushups. And um, a lot of my recovery is about growing up. Right. A lot of my because for me, what I learned a long time ago is when I started using, I stopped growing. And so um, in terms of that part of me growing up is realizing like when I say the diseases in the parking lot doing pushups, like I have no ownership, like the diseases inside of me Um, The main problem is in my mind. It's in my mind. It's inside of me. And when I take ownership of that, when I say, okay, this is a problem, it's inside of me, then there is a solution, right? And Best part of the book, or one of the best part of the book, because every part of the book is the best part of the book, is deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God, which means that today, I can hear my diseased voice, and man, is she mean. Oh, oh my God. Um, but she's inside of me. She's talking to me. She's like, what are you saying? What are you doing, husband? What are you doing a person right there? You're wrong. You're you know, and then what are you doing, Katie? And um that is not the disease of God and it's inside of me and then I can say, Okay, yep, you're there you're there, and um, and I have a choice right now, right, like I can ask God, Um, a lot of my prayer work is mantras, a lot of the way I stay connected through step 11 is mantras, one of my first recovered sponsors taught me, I'm a beautiful woman inside and out, I'm worthy of recovery, and I changed that, I'm a beautiful woman inside and out, I'm worthy of being a mom, I'm a beautiful woman inside and out, I'm worthy of sitting right here, um, yeah, so I just, it really has revolutionized me that, like, that hole that we talk about that, or for me, that I've experienced since I was a little girl. That's inside of me, that restlessness, irritability, and discontentedness. That's inside of me. Um, I, I hope that answers your question. Does it answer your question?
0: Let's assume that's a yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless we hear otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> Great. exactly. Thanks, Dan ST. Mindy R., it's your turn. Star 1 to unmute.
2: Hi. Um, did you call Mindy?
0: Hi, Mindy. Yeah, good morning.
2: Hi. Hi good morning. Um, thank you so much for your service and everything that you guys are doing um, to help us recovery people or to help us to recover. In my case, thank you, Katie, for your your um beautiful um every day i listen to you guys every day um what hit me today was um i usually don't share on this type of meeting but um something that hit me was when i heard you sharing took me back to i was you i'm like this is me this was me i came in was not married um the whole story um had 30 plus years of beautiful wonderful recovery My life was programmed and the big book. You know, everything like that you said, just a wonderful life. And then, um, you know, I used to pray all the time. I really trusted and had total, I mean, because I was in the pits of hell. I went into treatment, the whole nine yards. And um, I guess my question is, is, um, well, what I wanted to just also put out there is um, someone said to me, and it stuck in my head for many, many years, and it's really hard to get it out. And I know it's a lot of work. But they said to me, you know, I used to always say, I don't know, understand why these people don't get this big book. I don't understand why they don't get the program. And someone used to say to me, well, because you never really had any tragedy or anything happen in your life. And I was like, well, they're, they're right. And that kind of turned me around. Well, I used to say, God's getting me ready for the big one then because life couldn't be any better. My wildest dreams have come and are here. And then tragedy hit. And I didn't know. I thought it would be my mother, my father, my grandparents, my somebody else other than my child. Perfectly healthy child. One day was diagnosed with cancer, and the next minute, three years later, died. So my whole life turned upside down. So I'm trying to come back to where I was, where I don't know if I'll ever be there, but what I heard you share a lot was God. Like, I, you must have said it about maybe 50, 60 times in your speech. I don't even know. Every other word was God, 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 God. I am stuck. I am stuck on the. I had total faith and trust that my higher power inside of me, outside of me, wherever it was, I don't know how to get that back. Like, I'm, I'm struggling with it. So I don't know if you can help me with that or say something. Sure, let me try is. and,
1: let me try, mm-hmm. yeah, let me try and, <laughs> let me try and, uh, and, uh, address from my experience. The first thing I want to say is I'm so deeply sorry for your loss and your experience. Um, I don't know why horrible things happen in this world. I don't, um, And I, too, have had to reconcile with a lot of difficult challenges because life is in session and it's very painful. However, some experiences that I've had with coming out of relapse are that I don't want to get back to where I was. Because for me, when I went back to the food, something wasn't working. It was a faulty foundation. So to go back to where I was, number one is not possible. It's not possible. We cannot... We cannot rewind the clock and we cannot we cannot make ourselves go back, but it also isn't really what I want to do, because if I've relaxed and I've had a problem with step one, Section A, and I'm saying I have problems and I have power, choice or control around the food. And so I would encourage you. Um, obviously, the big book tells us we can seek outside resources, and I want you I want to encourage you to do that. I, I'm sure you already have, but um, you know with with the um, tragedies and life experiences that I have faced, um, I have had to get some external support, and that's okay. Um, and then I would encourage you to go um, to get a sponsor right and then and and go through the work. Um, because I really had to go to God, and sorry, my baby is crying hysterically, and i can 't focus. Um, I had to go to God and somehow reconcile that God was not a Santa Claus God and and come to my own belief about why bad things happen, and that 's not for me to project onto you, and we can talk offline as to what my understanding is. We all come to our own understanding. Um, for me, God really is there to hold my hand and help me and 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 the tragedies that have stuck struck my life have been opportunities to go to God and ask him to help me heal because the harshest truth for me is that the situations aren't making me eat. It's not the situations it's it's I'm allow it, it's I'm building up around. The human emotions and i'm believing the psychotic belief the delusion that somehow someday the food is going to is going to help me and unfortunately the food is not going to help so i don't know if that helps um but uh i would encourage you to seek out support you're welcome to call me um and 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 i just know on this fellowship right now that is listening in there are hundreds of us walking through journeys that are not straight and pretty and, and, and fun-flavored, and they're doing so abstinently with some joy. So I, I hope that helps. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mindy R., for your question this morning. Who else has a question for Katie G.? Star Ginger C.? Hey, Ginger. Rowan Ro- M Rowan M Ramona Sharon A. K Sharon K who did I miss back there Ramona A Ramona A thanks
1: Leslie M
0: Leslie M Anyone else this is going to be our final invitation for questions this morning Going once, twice, three times. Okay, Ginger C. Everybody else mute, please.
1: Good morning, oh, Katie. Thank you so much for a beautiful presentation this morning. This is Ginger C. Recovered in Colorado, and um, I just love it. It just reminds me: you know, Are we are we leaning in? Or are we leaning out? And on fifty one, it says. When many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. So I'm just curious, you know, we wake up in the morning, we practice this 86 and probably go into a meditation. What are you doing throughout your day to stay close and connected, those minutes in between? Thank you, Ginger. What a great question. One thing I do want to say is that um, I follow the book to the best of my ability with 84 to 88. And it's changed. I have a six month old daughter. And um, upon awakening, she's screaming. (laughs) So so i get her and then get on my knees and we pray together and we listen to 84 to 88 together and god has not been cutting himself off from me so um i would love to say that i wake up at 3 a.m so that i have that quiet time away from her but that would mean that i sleep about six hours and that's not functional for me anymore so um it's really imperfect and i love that question so how do we keep conscious of God during the day. And um, it's all about my breath work. Um, I'm going through the steps again, looking at um, how I create chaos in my life, how I disconnect from God, how I control other people. And and, And what I'm learning, what you all have taught me is God is as close as the breath. And so when I'm in my head, I'm not in the breath. So I do start off the day with 20 minutes of quiet meditation, um, or 20 minutes of meditation, because sometimes the meditation Gabby is crying, um, and she's okay, but she's crying. Um, and then during the day, I do have alarms that go off on my phone every hour. I would love to tell you that I listen to them every hour. (laughs) Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but I am, I'm, Unbelievably much better than I used to be. Um, and it's just been practice, as you know. Like, it's just been like little things. Like, I've heard every time you go into the bathroom and wash your hands, there's God. Or every time you look in a doorway, there's God. Or every time you look at a specific bracelet, there's God. Like, there are so many different ways um, that people have taught me that, like, help me start thinking about God. And then You know, I talk to a sponsor. I talk to the women I work with. I do do formal step tens. I call um, newcomers and people in relapse. um, And I do use the phone as a way to access God. Like, it's not a hookup call, it's not a drive by it's a, what are you working on with God today? Like, let's talk about this. Um, and whether it's, you know, I broke my abstinence, I'm on step four, what do I do? Or it's, Hey, you know what, how do you do step, step, step 10? Like, let's do that together. That to me is a connection with God. I connect with God through singing. I connect with God through Gabby. Um, you know, the other day it was a very painful day with no naps and, um, what was different for me about it is there were about two hours of crying um, on my daughter's part and I just prayed I said every single prayer I knew and it wasn't comfortable but it was seeking God it was seeking God and then I'm always looking for new ways to connect with God. So I I have a healer that I go to. Um, recently, she taught me about Spirit God. Somebody else taught me about their God, and and I'm I'm very quick to see where religious people are right. And I'm always studying with recovered alcoholics and addicts. I'm always listening to something like filling my brain with how am I connecting with God? Where am I falling short? And then constantly asking myself that question: What are my old beliefs? Because because I need to set them aside. And what I heard somebody say is my old beliefs or anything I, um, anything I thought of uh, like five minutes ago, right? Like God's got this. My small brain doesn't have it. God's got it. So I would say, Jinj, it's like a mixture of formal and informal. It's my mantras. It's my talking to God and saying, God, I'm so scared. Like hold my hand. I can't do this. And feeling my face. And I just, I'm so healed by the idea that all I have to do when I'm disturbed, is breathe. And then God's right there, right? And if I can't find God right there, I can make a call and we can pray together. That's the other thing I should say. Praying with you all has been fundamentally life-changing. It has helped me access God in a way, helped me learn to talk to God, um, and I, I think it's so funny that someone said I said God so many times, and I just want to say the transformative power of God. This kiddo came in angry at a specific church. I turned my back, and there was, And I didn't believe there was a God that could love me for the things that I've done. And today, to be a woman who talks about God that often, that's not me. That's not me. And it's so Amazing. So, so so good job, God. Let's keep doing it. So that's it. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Ginge. That's Ginger C. Rowan M, your turn. Hi, this is Rowan M um, in New York. Um, Katie, thank you so much for your share this morning. It was very helpful. Um, I don't remember the exact verbiage that you used, but you said something along the lines of if you think, if it comes to you twice or you think it twice, then it must be true. Um,
1: I don't, I don't, I was wondering if you could expand yeah. upon that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. That like, yeah. that, like hit me hard because I've been yeah. like, having some thoughts about things in my life So if you could talk about that a little bit.
1: Okay, so let me just uh, distinguish what I was talking about. I have obsessive thinking, so I wasn't talking about that Um, because I can think obsessively and then be like, oh, that's a good idea. That's not what I was talking about. Um, I have a small community of women that I talk to um, and I ask for spiritual considerations. So hey, this is what's going on. Um, this is my tenth step, or this is a situation. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, a lot of times, what'll happen is, or not a lot of times. <laughs> I don't know how often. But I'll I'll share the the thing with somebody, and teacher A will say, Oh well, it's you. Have you thought about that? Like, um, oh great, great example. Okay, six months ago, um, my my husband. He travels for work, and I've done 10 steps around that for maybe a year, (laughs) maybe two. All right, maybe three. How long have I known him? Anyway, it's gotten better. And um, she said to me, Katie, it just struck me that maybe your husband is traveling a lot as you learn to cultivate a nice home for him. Because the truth is that there are times when I'm not cultivating a nice home for him, and him going away is actually a, a really nice gift for him to be away which is an ugly truth, and, um, you know, I am a recovered woman, and I I don't always do a great job, but I'm working on it with God, and he's changing me, and I see that, and so that was an intense thing to say, and about four months later, somebody said the same thing to me, And, and, and someone whom, like, they're recovered, they're entirely abstinent, and they have my spiritual consent, so, like, whatever, you know, they... I trust them with my life and my spirit and I I see them demonstrate this program and I want what they have. And when she said that, I thought, wow, okay. And I'm slowly seeing um, that God is changing me and my home is becoming a loving place um, for my husband to be. And he's demonstrating that in a lot of ways, which is the power of God. Um, But what I mean is like messages like that or if I'm if I'm reading something, I'll read something and then I'll see it again, God has a way of communicating with me um, repetitiously and my my prayer to God at Rowan is often God you make it abundantly clear and that sounds very demanding. But it's really a surrender because I say to God, I'm a daft compulsive overeater. I'm daft, which means I'm just hard-headed. There is one thing that will never fail to keep me in le- everlasting ignorance, and that is contempt prior to investigation, which is my personality. Like you say something, and I'm like, no, I don't know, right? So I need to set all that aside. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful, but it's not so much if I'm getting a message in quiet time as a recovered woman, like that that might work as well, but I did mean with my spiritual teachers. Does that answer your question?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you, Ro and M. Sharon Kay, star one on mute.
2: Hi. Uh thank you very much for a fantastic talk. <clears throat>
0: Excuse me. Um I
2: really related to kind of doing the steps. Uh, I can't remember the words you used, but almost doing the steps without God. Like it, it's like doing the mechanical part of the steps, but doing it a little bit with my thinking. And those weren't the words you used, but I heard something similar. And I'd love to hear a little bit about the shift, like like how that shift happened between Kind of, um, I think I've said enough. I think you
1: probably get it. Thank you. I do. I'll, I'll do my best. That's a great a great question. So my, my comment then was, I think that we're all really smart people. But this isn't a cognitive process. If it was, we would have all already graduated. I just believe that because um, we're all really smart, resourceful people. Um, but this is really about a shift, right, from my head to my heart. Um, and you know what? i got to be honest sometimes it really was mechanical um so like but there is a difference so the first time I went through the work it was learning the mechanics and then saying okay like I remember for my fourth step every time I said every time I worked on the fourth step I would say the third step prayer set my timer and start writing say the third step prayer, and then the timer would go off I'd say this so it was a lot about acting and um <laughs> Then when I'm living in step 10, 11 and 12 for me right now, like I really try and ask God to set aside my thinking and everything like I'll say the set aside prayer before I do a step 10 to help me see the situation differently because I know the main problem is in my mind. So to help me, even if it's the millionth, trillionth time I've done a turnaround, help me see the situation differently. Help me have a new experience in you, God. And that's why so the um, the people that I've started studying with they go through steps every year. And what I mean is steps one through nine because what they've taught me is my step one, two, and three experience inform my step four, and I and by doing that i'm I'm asking God to give me a new experience with the steps with um a very uh simple program like with those very simple steps, but to have have a deeper experience to go deeper because that's what I need, and there's so much there but I really have to set myself aside. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it is, I'm always looking to breathe life into my, into my recovery. And if, if you're friends with me, you know, I'm constantly saying, hey, who are you listening to? Who are you studying with right now? Like, who are your teachers? Um, because I can get very rote. So I wanna know, like, is there a new voice? Is there somebody else I can be listening, listening to to change the way I'm looking at this? And um, that's how I get the gems and
0: it's great. Thanks, Sharon Kaye, for the question. Ramona A., your turn. Star 1 to unmute Ramona. Hi, Hi, this is Ramona
3: A. I hear you. Okay, thanks. I thought I was unmuted, but sorry. Thank you, and thank you, Katie, for just, a wonderful, wonderful, uh, you know, discourse and, and all the answers. And probably you've said some of what needs to be said to answer this question too, but I've lived with something that has been a painful experience for, you know, close to 40 years and isn't, seems to be rectified now for the most part. And I'm sponsoring somebody whose situation is, for the reason isn't the same, but the situation is the same. And every time anything happens, it's like eating, uh, so I don't eat sugar, but if I were to eat anything with sugar in it, it would just trigger the automatic reaction. And so any time anything happens, it, it's vaguely like it used to be. It triggers that reaction. So how do you get from the fear, from that, to jumping over that chasm to say, I trust totally in God.
1: So let me just make sure I understand your question. So it sounds like something in a sponsee is triggering a reaction, something in a sponsee's life is triggering a reaction in you. Is that true?
3: Oh, no, I'm not. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Something in my life, you know, that, that created a lot of fear is the situation's mostly rectified, but every now and then something will happen that triggers that fear again
1: and, and then how do you get through that? Is that what you're asking yeah.
3: and the other okay, what I said about a sponsor, Katie is that I'm sponsoring somebody who has the same situation. How do I help her?
1: okay I mean the answers are in the book, right um so um from the people from my teachers. Uh, fear is not creative, and what I mean by that is there are not a whole lot of fears and when I went through the um when I went through the work the first time um i I discovered my core fears, so my core fears are fear of abandonment, not getting what I want, losing what I have others' opinions and so when I feel like that core fear is being activated, it's usually you know it's a spiritual axiom that when I'm disturbed, it's about me. And not the other person. And so I just follow the instructions in the book, right? So when I'm fearful, that's a disturbance. So I'm doing a step 10 um, and looking at, okay, well, what are the, what's my delusional thinking around that? What are my self-seeking behaviors around that? What are my, you know, like, am I trying to, like with the doctor's office, am I trying to control who the doctor is? Like, I'm afraid I'm not going to get what I want. So am I trying to control the doctor's office? How am I reacting? And then who would God have me be in this moment? Um, and I uh, and I do a lot of prayer and meditation. I share it with others, um, and I do a lot of um, spiritual expansion work. So, like uh, people who teach me things, like you know, these feelings are real, but they're not true. So, a lot of um, you know things that. Um, support 12-step but are not are not 12-step that I can talk with you offline but to just continue expand to expand my relationship with God and like being able I think what I want to share is that my experience with this is I'm able to feel the fear and take actions anyway and by taking the actions that are not reactions like I had another medical thing come up where the reaction would have been not going Right? But the action I was able to take was doing the turnaround work, asking God for help, asking for prayers, showing up, being in my body, not disconnecting, not eating, and walking through it, right? and just really um, surrounding myself with this program from, from start to finish. And what I'm seeing is over time, the frequency, intensity, and duration of fears are changing and there are just times i have a spiritually fearful day it's just true there are just times i wake up on the fearful side of of god and um and we work it through for the day and i don't eat, and i ask for help and i help others i help others i help others and my experience is that the only way i can help others is just by sharing my experience and if your sponsee is not you know growing with that if that's not supportive for her then i mean I can't do the program for a sponsee, like she's got to go have her experience with her fellowship and do her her work and seek outside sources and ask about outside sources. I mean, sky's the limit. Um, there's so much great stuff out there. So I would I'd encourage that for both you um, and your sponsee. And I know for me, I don't think I'm ever going to be fearless. I think fear is going to lessen, but I think I'm a human being and I'm going to have fear. It's how am I responding, right? Am I pushing it down with food, anorexia, bulimia, and all the other things? Or am I really trying to sit with it? And if I have to sit with it with my sponsor or a friend, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's how I've gotten through this. Um, that's, that's life, and it's good. I hope that answers your question.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: thanks, Katie. It gives me lots of ideas.
1: Sure. Thanks for the question.
0: Thank you, Ramona A., our final question this morning comes from Leslie M. Star 1 time mute Leslie.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Leah, for your service. Uh, this is Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. Uh, Katie, I
2: want to thank you for your share. It was fantastic. The one thing I was wondering if you could give it, uh, clarify a little bit was you said that when you do your step 11s that you used to include your step 10s in there. And that's basically what I find myself doing. So
1: I was wondering if you could perhaps, you know, um, speak a little bit more to that. Yeah, it's wiki confusing sometimes for we who like to rehash it, isn't it? I know, I know, because what if I forget it? What if I forget the resentment and then it comes again? Yeah, so for me, it's just all about been about discernment, right? Like so... When I retire at night, I can structurally review my day. That's the first part of step eleven. So I'll ask myself some questions like, "Is it done? Did I get through it?" And for me, I still will write like, if it's something I'm done with, I'll be like, "Hubs," and then I'll just write what I learned, and you know, if I made an amend. So I do, I do like mention it because Mm -hmm. it helps me to mention it to God. Um, But. What I'm learning is there's no award out there. And if there is, please let me know. There's no award out there for the perfect step 11. So it's not like the more I write, the more God's like, way to go, Katie. So um, it's really about like, am I done with it? And to be honest, sometimes I'm not done. Sometimes I'm not done. And what I do for me, what helps me is I use that formal written part of step 11 um, to inform my prayer my meditation, and then my discussion with my sponsor um, just as a way of saying, asking God for spiritual considerations um, and then asking my sponsor for spiritual considerations and then allowing it to inform the next day, right? So if I fell short with hubs, Yesterday, how am I going to learn the lessons that I learned yesterday? How am I going to incorporate that into today? And I find the sex ideal prayer is very helpful. So I earnestly pray for the right ideal, guidance in each questionable situation, sanity, and the strength to do the right thing. And I pray that as a wife as a mom, as a member in good standing of Overeaters Anonymous, as a friend, as a worker, in all my ideals, in all the roles I play. So it's really just discernment and and remembering too, like God goes with us no matter what. God does not make too harsh turns with those who honestly seek him. And I'll just say this, if I haven't haven't finished with a resentment and I I forget about it on my step 11, guess what? It's going to come back going to come back god is that loving god's like katie i love you so much i'm going to help you find that resentment again i promise so then you'll be like oh yeah there it is and the most important thing right is that we have integrity with our program we don't allow those resentments to build up to the point that eating is a step up right that's that's the bottom line but between that again there's no there's no words out here this is like how is my connection with god going and how how am i letting god change me so I hope that helps. And if you want to talk more, it's 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 an ongoing process. Let me know. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leslie M. And thank you to everybody who asked questions this morning. And, of course, thank you, Katie G., for your time and your effort in presenting this beautiful share this morning. It's been so helpful. Another example of a transformed mind, a transformed life. Thank you so much. Again, today's share ID, 11979. That's 11979. We're going to close it this time from page 164. You'll find it in a chapter entitled Division for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick.